0: On the wrestling podcast about nothing we're taking a look back at some of our most fun topics come with us as we wax nostalgic about our favorite enhancement talent over the years then hear brian and i reveal the best and worst all-time wrestling entrance themes plus your promo about nothing and so much more but first tell him george
1: i think i can sum up the show for you with one word nothing <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 172, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And not joining me as always is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars. He is a contractor ring of honor wrestler. He has one half of the bouncers. He is in Canada. He is the brawler, Brian Malonis. Yes, no kingpin this week. No brawler, I should say. And we are going to instead share with you some of the best stuff we've done that you've probably never heard before because it's the best of BDA. We used to be a part of BDA Radio and we did a second show. We did a show on Monday and we also did a second show on Thursdays. And that's where we started talking about the best of things and the worst of things. So this time, this week on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing, it's a best of BDA episode. We're going to share three tremendous topics from our old BDA days. First up, we're going to talk about our favorite enhancement talent. Yes, the job guys. One of my favorite all-time topics we talked about on the old BDA show. So stay tuned for that. But first... Let's talk about BrianMalonis.com. Yes, you can get the Kingpin. I'm still talking Kingpin here. You can get the Brawlers different t-shirt designs over there at BrianMalonis.com. And also, you can get the WPAN Curtain Jerker t-shirt. It is a fine design. Go check that out at BrianMalonis.com. And also how about you go to the thewpan.com. That is thewpan.com. There's a merch link right there that brings you to brianmalonis.com anyway. But that's where you want to go if you want to find the ways to subscribe to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, all the various podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to now, including Spotify. So make sure to follow us on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Find all of them right there listed on the right-hand column at the WPAN.com. Also, there are other ways to follow us on social media, all the different platforms. We are basically at the WPAN on all social media. So follow us and interact. And plus, there are bios of us. There are photos, nude photos. That sounded creepy, didn't it? I guess it's designed to sound a little creepy, but go to the WPAN.com and uh, you're bound to see something you're not supposed to over there. Uh, I was going to do the old uh, search term game, but it's kind of not really fun to do with no one here to do it with you. So stay tuned next week, episode 173. We'll get back to that. But now let's head off to our first segment. Just about two years exactly ago, we talked about this favorite enhancement talent the job guys the squash guys those guys that you used to see on Saturday morning TV losing clean and mere minutes to the stars of the (laughs) WWF of WCW those guys
3: and and then uh, some of our cases we see them in Saturday mornings on our TV and then Saturday nights at the local indie show
0: (laughs) (laughs) that happened (laughs) from time to time yes Um, (laughs) And we can get into that, but favorite enhancement talent, Brian, I have a lot of them. Because like you mentioned, when I was around the independent scene, uh, you know, when I first started coming around the independent scene in the early 90s, a lot of the guys that I was going to see on Killer Kowalski's shows ended up being guys that would uh, get booked for these uh, extra roles, and they would end up being those guys that you see on TV. In fact, I mean... I'll bring him up right now. Tony Roy, the guy that kind of was a mentor to many people in wrestling in New England. And me and my friends Steve King and John Rodeo, we were all kind of mentored. By Tony Roy. Uh, is,
3: is, that, is that what you're calling it? Mentored by Tony Roy? <laughs> yes. I didn't realize being a fanboy <laughs> was being <laughs> mentored. Well,
0: okay. I was a, I was a Roy's boy. Okay. That's, let's get that out there. I, I said it before. We'll say it again. I was a Roy's boy. Yes. And I remember, I, I'll tell the story again. I remember seeing Tony Roy. There was a local TV station that had like a magazine type interview show and one time they went to Kielkowalski School, and Tony Roy was uh, a part of that uh, segment, and he had like completely ridiculous things to say. The, I love that we love the way he spoke. He said Jeesh a lot in his interview. So he became kind of like a cult figure to me and my friends. And we found out that there was independent wrestling. We didn't really uh, know of independent wrestling. We weren't really aware of what was going on outside of WWF, WCW, the stuff you see on TV. So we found out, hey, in Gardner, Massachusetts, there's going to be an independent wrestling show. And what do you know? Tony Roy is going to be on that show. He had already is like someone that we talk about. And we decided to go to this independent Show, and we went. We had a great time, and we met Tony after the show, and he was, uh, you know, very nice. He's uh, an amazing guy, and he helped us all out. And he's one of those guys that you would see on WWF TV. In fact, I believe he is on the Scott Hall DVD. I think it is isn't him. It might be. It's either him or Paul Vindale. I think it's Paul Vindale. Actually, it's on the Razor Moan CD, but. Tony was one of the guys when we went to the Worcester Centrum to watch Superstars being taped. Razor Ramon made his debut that night and had three separate squash matches that night You know, for three weeks of TV. And one of them was against Tony Roy. And we were so happy to see Tony Roy. And he was one of those guys, uh, like a lot of the Kowalski guys, that was anytime they were in the New England area. Tony Roy would be one of the most recognizable guys in that role, and he did very well. He wrestled a lot of guys. I remember he wrestled Yokozuna. He wrestled just about anybody you could think of. He he was in the ring with at that time. But Tony Roy, that's one of uh, that's first on my list right there.
3: I got a question for you, Mike. Yes. How did you feel being called a Roy's boy when you were 33 years old at the time,
0: Brian? I was a youth. <laughs> I was I was I was still a boy. I guess I was still a boy, right? 16, 17. <laughs> I, I, I was i was wasn't yet a man i guess
3: <laughs> you're still not a man but that's okay
0: <laughs> oh, dear, that's not nice at all now brian favorite enhancement talent what uh what does that mean to you
3: you know the, the guys i kind of eliminated off of here were any of the guys who later on became something big like the i didn't put like the hardy boys or any like guys like that on yeah. here because in a lot of cases, they weren't around long enough to be jobbers. I mean, Scott Taylor, I I, I toyed with putting on, on my list, but because of what he became, uh, I, I did not Scottie
0: of course. Yeah.
3: So one guy, and, and he was in the early days when I was in Chaotic, that I remember seeing quite a bit was Nicholas Barbary.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do.
3: <laughs> and he was the hippie freak. And I remember when I saw him in Chaotic, like, I couldn't quite place the name at first. And it took me a little bit. It took me a couple times to see him. I was like, oh, my God, that guy is a, he's a jobber. He's a WWF jobber. Um, yeah,
0: and the thing about wrestling in the early to mid-90s was... I mean, we, we talked about it this past Monday on the NAI Wrestling Network. The money wasn't rolling in at that time. And WWF ventured less outside of the New England area. They were in New England a lot during that time period, you know, to save money, basically, because that's the home base. So you would see these same job guys like the Nick Barbaries of the world, like the PJ Walkers who went on to be Aldo Montoya. You would see yeah, like guys like Tony Roy. You would see them like eight, nine, ten times a year. Because they were always in New England because they, yeah, they were trying to save money staying at the home base.
3: They are like upstate New York, right? Poughkeepsie or something? Mm Yeah, yeah.
0: New York, uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And another one of those guys, Brian, I I guess I'm breaking your rule here about guys that went on to success. I mean, he went on to moderate success that same time period. A guy by the name of Chris Hamrick. He he went on to ECW to have some notoriety. as Confederate currency, I think, was his nickname.
3: He used to do like the between the top and middle rope bump, right? That was the the bump. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that was the thing that he made his name on. He took this crazy bump. I'm sure people have seen like gifts of it where the one, two, three kid kicks his leg off from under him as he's bouncing off the ropes and he just yeah, he just dives feet first between the top and middle rope to the floor. (laughs) It's a crazy, insane bump, but yeah, he he got some notoriety from that and I guess he kind of parlayed it into some success with ECW. But Chris Hamrick was one of the guys that you would see. And, I mean, he took that bump just about every match just to create some buzz, and and he did. Kind of breaking your rule a little bit there, Brian, but Chris Hamrick was one of those uh, memorable jobbers, enhancement talent, I guess I should say, from that time period.
3: That's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, I guess it's my turn now. So another guy that used to always really stick out to me a lot of it because he just looked like a dirt bag. Um, was Barry Hardy, where he had like the <laughs> stupid—he had the mullet and he had the stupid two-tone hair and like the porno-ish like facial hair, and he always had like the zebra print uh, yes. singlets. And Barry Hardy was—and—and—and and, and, and again, a lot of these guys I don't remember. Got it's funny. I—I I don't remember specific matches. They are just guys I remember seeing getting their asses absolutely handed to them. Many, 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 many times, but Barry Hardy was one that always really would stuck out with me. Wait,
0: I thought you, I thought you said uh, no Hardy boys.
3: <laughs> See, he'd be like the Hardy father. I think.
0: <laughs> Do you remember Barry Hardy's tag team partner,
3: Dwayne Gill? Yes,
0: <laughs> who went on to be Gilberg. Yes,
3: I left, I left him off though because. Uh, okay. he, I, but you're free to, to interpret this as you please, Michael. But...
0: Thank you, thank you, and also Barry Hardy and Dwayne Gill. Also, at some points, would be a masked tag team by the name of the Executioners. I don't know if you know <laughs> that. They would wear like these masks that had skulls on them, and they did some tag team work as executioners. In fact, there's a number of tag teams. That was always cool when you saw guys that dressed alike as you know, as enhancement tag teams, it kind of added an extra little bit of kick to the match. You know what I mean? Guys, oh, these guys are actually a tag team. Like the conquistadors yeah. were... I, mean, I guess they didn't start out necessarily as complete uh, enhancement talent, but that's where they ended up anyway. You know, just two guys head to toe in gold. The conquistadors were a, a fantastic enhancement tag team. Just, uh, you know, it uh, you remembered them. Just because you know it was something a little different—a tag team in an enhancement role.
3: I don't know. If, I don't know if Barry Hardy is still wrestling, but if, if I ever run a, run a wrestling show, I think I'd book Barry Hardy to put somebody over. <laughs> 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 well, what's he probably work for? Fifty bucks.
0: <laughs> I mean, well,
3: or you think he's one the, well? I, Barry Hardy could probably get away with it, I guess, with all the appearances he had. But I, I, the thing—oh my god—we're <laughs> going into this early, I guess, uh-oh. but. The fellas who were enhancement talents who now get themselves bookings and get, I've seen numerous flyers with some enhancement talents and not even like notable enhancement talents, like guys who are used once or twice, former WWF superstars. It's like,
0: is this Mancini?
3: No, no. Does no. he do? Does Mario Mancini do that?
0: I, I I don't know that he. I think he's been on some local shows, but I'm not sure how he was. Yeah, been I don't built, think he. I
3: but. think he owns actually a local promotion in Connecticut, Mario Mancini. Oh yeah, yeah. I think like P A P W or something it's called. Okay, but, yeah. But I, I don't ever see him. Um, I mean, I I, I don't want to say the names that I've seen, Mike. All I, right. You know, I'm not here to publicly shame anybody, but at, at least one of them I know you know you know well. Mm-hmm. our good friend our good friend Todd uh, was a big fan of him <laughs> but um, just seeing these guys former WWF superstars and it's like yeah, okay you're holding on to your your glory days but let's pump the brakes on uh, former WWF superstar uh, if you did a few enhancement matches
0: okay well let's get away from WWF then WCW
3: I don't remember any WCW ones
0: you don't? how about the gambler? no doesn't ring a bell you don't remember the gambler?
3: Mike, i didn't really watch it
0: well the gambler had uh, he would come out with playing cards and uh, he was the gambler and then at one point he went um retro per se he went like uh, old timey and he wore like an old style like uh, tuxedo jacket with tails on it and had like a, f- <laughs> a ruffled shirt like he was an old timey guy you'd seen the old saloon playing cards
3: i'm sure mike mills loves him.
0: <laughs> I'm sure doesn't he, No, he's more of a George South guy I bet. George <laughs> South was a perennial guy in WCW and and the NWA, I should say that. Did um jobs for years and years. Did some in WWF too, but I remember there was a specific instance where George South was in the ring with Ric Flair for one of the Saturday Night shows and Rick Flair actually gave him a lot and really helped out uh, cuz George South had a lot of respect from the guys there as a good as a good worker even though he never really one, he was still you know an enhancement talent, but a great hand in the ring, and that's the thing about enhancement talent. It's a kiss
3: of death <laughs> <laughs>
0: being a good hand. <laughs>
3: being a good hand. <laughs> that, that's the thing
0: about the enhancement talent. That's I mean the the ones that kept getting called back are the ones that you know did their job well, made people look good, and that's that's the name of the game. To being a good enhancement talent is being selfless for one and two, knowing how to make your opponent look good right
3: yeah i know nothing about that mike
0: nothing about making your opponent look good i understand <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right brian are we getting down to the nitty-gritty here are we getting to we one are one I, got, I got i
3: got one more i want to get to before okay. i get to my very favorite jobber and that's iron mike sharp damn it oh is that your top yeah Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> was he not? Was it Canada's greatest athlete?
0: Right. He well, he sometimes you liked to be the world's greatest athlete. But yes, he was <laughs> Canada's greatest athlete, indeed.
3: The thing I remember most about it was just the loud yelling, like just always
0: yelling. Whoa,
2: whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Yes,
0: <laughs> tremendous.
3: The leather, whatever the hell it was, on his forearm. The
0: forearm brace there. Yes,
3: and then just for a jobber he was
0: enormous he's a very big gentleman
3: which is unusual for the jobbers
0: hairy and greasy all the same time
3: (laughs) i loved seeing iron mike sharp on tv though he was actually a jobber i used to look forward to seeing on tv he
0: yeah he was something else and he actually did do stuff for kowalski too around the time i was hanging out so i even though he wasn't the big guy in terms of uh, notoriety on TV. I was so excited to see him and he I, I know for a fact that he lived up to his reputation. You know what his reputation is in the locker room, Brian? No. His reputation is that he takes the longest showers known to man.
3: He's <laughs> <It's> very clean.
0: <laughs> he is. He is very, he's a very sanitary gentleman.
3: As somebody that has to roll around with, uh, with sweaty fellas I, uh, I respect that.
0: He was in the main event and the Kowalski shows, so you know basically the ring is down already, and he's still in the shower.
3: You know, he's in the main events. I hope he didn't win.
0: Uh, I don't think so. I don't think.
3: Good. So. No, you get to keep up that <laughs> reputation. Sure. I think I'd be devastated if I went to a show and saw one of these jobbers and and they won. I wouldn't know how to react.
0: <laughs> it happens occasionally. It does happen, like <laughs> Bar- Barry Horowitz.
3: Yes, I left Barry Horowitz off my list. I never was never loved Barry Horowitz. Do you want me to go to my favorite, Mike?
0: Yes. Uh, okay. I, 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 Mike Sharp was my favorite, so we just talked about him. So, what is your number one favorite enhancement talent?
3: All right, this guy was somebody who I looked forward to seeing, and then literally every time I'd see him, I would hope that he was going to get the victory. Jim Powers. Really? I loved. I loved me some Jim Powers. Wow. I just he. Yeah. I, I, he was somebody who I found like disappointed. Even though I knew he was probably going to lose, disappointed when he lost, because there was always that glimmer of hope that maybe this would be the time that he'd get the win, that he'd pick up the victory.
0: Well, how'd you feel about the tag team with Paul Roma, the Young Stallions? They won a few.
3: Yeah, I wasn't a big Paul Roma guy, I gotta tell you.
0: Oh, wow.
3: <laughs>
0: you, you were praying for a breakup. <laughs>
3: praying for a breakup but i just wanted more for jim powers i thought he deserved more he he looked great he looked good enough to be one of the wwf superstars
0: yeah and, and like i said they did give him a little run as a member of a tag team but it didn't uh they were the kind that would win they would have squash matches on superstars and win but if they fought anyone of any value whatsoever they would lose so that's kind of was their lot in life but yeah, Jim Powers on his own didn't really connect. I remember we to, he went to WCW at one point during the Monday Night Wars. <laughs> that was the, one of WCW's big gets. <laughs> Just a few notches below, you know, Holland Nash was Jim Powers.
3: <laughs> Is there any others you want to mention, Mike? Any local guys? I mean, we got to mention Dukes Dalton, right? <laughs>
0: Dukes Dalton, yes. Steve King. <laughs> Steve King, as well, a good friend of mine, did a number of enhancement matches.
3: Yeah. Uh, how, how about Burt Centeno?
0: Wow, Burt Centeno. Yes, <laughs> remember seeing him on Monday Night Raw against Mister Hughes for one.
3: I mean, a guy who's a mentor to us, I guess, Mike Hollow. Uh, yes, he, Knuckles uh, Nelson. I, I made like a list of like the local guys that. I, yeah, there's, that I remember. There's a
0: ton of them. And I really and I really do want to talk to some of these guys about. The experience in the mid 90s being one of these enhancement talents. Uh, I think really soon we're going to try to have somebody on to talk about this kind of stuff because I love talking about the backstage stuff. I, I love this era with the superstars tape, those marathon superstars tapings with all these squash matches. I love that stuff. And I really think it'd be interesting to have one of these guys on to talk about, you know having matches with Shawn Michaels and stuff like that. You know, how many people could say, hey, I had a match with Shawn Michaels. But, you know, <laughs> they, they could say that and, you know, you just don't tell the part where there was a six-minute squash match. But, you know, I think it'd be great. And I think uh, something we want to do really soon. <laughs>
3: we'll probably just reach out to some of these fellas. I'm sure some of them aren't doing much these
0: days. <laughs> All right. So what is your favorite jobber? Let us know your favorite enhancement talent at the WPAN on Twitter, Facebook.com slash the WPAN. Weigh in with your picks for the best enhancement talent out there. All right. The best part of that discussion about favorite enhancement talent is the fact that Brian Malona says that he was not a Paul Roma fan just a couple months after he uh, spoke at length with Mr. Paul Roma and put him over like a million bucks. Here, though, a couple years ago on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, buries Paul Roma. I hope his friend Paul Roma didn't listen to this episode of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. That would be a shame. Also,. I really do still want to get into talking to Enhancement Talent about their experiences, Uh, something that has been ruminating in my mind for quite a long time, and I really want to pull the trigger on that, and that is going to happen, I think, this year, so stay tuned for that. That is something that I really want to make happen, and I'm going to make it happen coming up very shortly here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing, so stay tuned for that so yeah as always we want your feedback tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode your thoughts on these best of BDA shows let us know what you think use the hashtag WPAN or you can call the voicemail line call 401-584-9726 that's 401-584-WPAN and we got a couple voicemails let's get to those really quick here on the wrestling podcast about nothing there's two of them so let's go to voicemail number one
2: Hello, gentlemen. It's Jason Tiller from America's Heartland, Indiana. I just wanted to send a, a voicemail to you and talk about last week's promo about nothing. So if you go back and watch the Monday Night Wars documentary in the episode Flight of the Cruiserweights, uh, they use that promo, uh, to kind of put over how one of the people who didn't doubt the cruiserweights. So, listening to that promo in its full glory, you kind of understand, oh, wait, Bret Hart was not necessarily being complimentary of the cruiserweights, but instead being uh, a little bit more derogatory about them. So it just goes to show you that uh, you can lift one line out of anything and take it out of context and make it say anything you want to. I just thought that was interesting. Thanks, guys.
0: Yeah, thank you, Jason. I didn't see the uh, Monday Night Wars series on the WWE Network because uh, I don't necessarily have the WWE Network all the time, as most people listening to this know. So uh, I think he said, uh, he cut out for a second there, I guess Bret Hart is one of the guys that really wasn't uh, for the cruiserweights in WCW, which is a little surprising to me. You figured he'd be for guys that can, you know, have exciting matches, but... um, I guess he wasn't for much in WCW was Bret Hart, with good reason with how he was treated there. Um, I didn't take that promo as a complete burial of the cruiserweights. I mean, I know Mean Gene attempted to make sure that uh, Bret Hart knew that these guys were great athletes. Just, you know, they were undersized and uh, they shouldn't be competing with the heavyweights. So, I mean... In that context, with me, Gene, right there, I don't think it was a complete burial of the Cruiserweights, but uh, um, it's, it's interesting that Bret Hart was not necessarily a fan of the Cruiserweights in WCW. I didn't really know that. Thank you, Jason Tiller, for your uh, voicemail. Let's check out voicemail number two.
1: Hey, what's up, guys? Mike already checking in. It's been a little while. Uh, took me a bit to sift through the past few weeks of episodes. Um, glad to hear the trucking through the territories is all done. I feel bad shitting on anything you guys do, but that was... Uh, have to listen to. I'm sorry. And um, a couple episodes that I really like to hear were the ones at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. It was cool hearing about some of the young and up and coming guys, and um, you know some of the new faces around there, what they're about, where they're from, some of their history. It's really good to listen to. And um, one of my favorite ones recently was Tarzan and Julian Starr. I always wonder what happened with Julian Starr's short title run. Um, The very first match I ever saw at Chaotic was Christian Casanova versus Julian Starr and um, was hooked instantly on the the promotion. So it's really cool to hear him on there tell that story. Um, And yeah, keep it up, guys. No more trucking through the territories. Good deal. And uh, keep up the good stuff. Thanks, boys.
0: Thank you, Mike Doherty. And yeah, trucking through the territories. Done for now. Uh, We've heard from the fans and we're... uh trying to correct some of the wrongs that we've done since uh, 2019 kicked in. We really thought it would be a great thing. I guess some people didn't like it, including you, Mike Diesel. So uh, thanks for checking in and let us know that, yeah, we can do some better stuff. And we're going to do some better stuff, including that uh, New England Wrestling Academy stuff. I wasn't there for that. That was... uh Brian Fury alongside Brian Malonis for that one. That was a great episode. And uh, Tarzan and Julian Starr, uh, love those guys. And of course, they have their own podcast now called Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way. They do it every second Wednesday. So check them out. Make sure to subscribe to them wherever you get your podcasts. Also, they are at Pro Wrestling Way on Twitter. So check them out and keep up with Tarzan and Julian. Thank you very much to Mike Diesel and Jason Tiller for checking in on the voicemails now let's go back to Brian Malonis and myself discussing entrance themes. The topic is favorite wrestling entrance music. And of course, Steven checks in as he always does at HHH guy 2004. And we, and we appreciate it, Steven, he says, anything triple H is good. That opera style one is even good. You know, <laughs> and, uh, King Ajar, at King Ajar, says the Rougeo's All-American Boys has to be number one. Number two is rap is crap. Number three, demolition theme. So he's got it all worked out there. There you go. We'll see what we think in terms of our top picks. Well, uh, we'll we, we we'll get into some uh, runners-up and it's all leading to our top pick, our uh, favorite Mike, this, entrance. This
3: music. could be like a four-hour podcast for me, buddy.
0: <laughs> I have a list of like <laughs> fifteen here. There's just so <laughs> many to pick from. There's no way we're gonna get to them all. But I guess we gotta start somewhere. Kingpin, what do you have? Uh, rummaging through your list, there, the pages and pages. I'm sure you have for a favorite uh, entrance music. What do you want to start off with here?
3: You know, I'll start. I'll start with current, with current day WWE. Um, we heard it live, Mike, when uh, on our NXT live uh excursion way back way back when over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh it, it's it's awesome. It's captivated, I think, the entire Ready for this, Mike? WWE Universe.
0: Ooh.
3: Shinsuke Nakamura's entrance music. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic job, uh, WWE has done with that and, and a personal favorite of mine.
1: It really
0: is. It is Perfect, it perfectly encapsulates him, especially, you know, they have the entrances where he's got the, the fiddle player there going and everything like that. It is a perfect, it perfectly encapsulates Shinsuke Nakamura. And it's, yeah, that one, when it comes to the ones going on today, uh, could be the very top. Uh, another NXT one, the Kingpin, that I'll uh, lay out there. What about Bobby Roode? What about it? It's,
3: it's very glorious.
0: My How's how about it? <laughs> glorious, yes, indeed, it is glorious. Um, I mean, it's so cheesy that it's absolutely fantastic, in my opinion. You feel the same way, or are you? Yeah, a little I, think, less... I think
3: it's great. Uh, um, <laughs> was also uh, led to a string of uh, wonderful uh, YouTube videos by. Uh, uh, Team DIY, the with the glorious bombs with yes.
1: Bobby
0: Roode. Yeah, they were uh, they were fantastic. And uh, Tomaso Ciampa, I, I I saw some photos of him. Like he was in the area recently. Is that true?
3: This is true. I saw Tomaso Ciampa this past Friday night,
0: and he seems to be doing okay.
3: Ah, uh, he's he's. Uh... Little mummified at the moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'll be back though. He'll be back. Uh, it's it's sucks that he was had that huge spot at the end of the NXT pay uh, per view, the NXT takeover, and of course, then he was out with an injury immediately afterwards. But they're going to capitalize on that. Just going to be uh, more later than sooner. But uh, that's good luck to Tommaso out there as he uh, re- rehabilitates from that injury and.
3: If you get off your couch and came to a show, you could have told them yourself.
0: <laughs> oh boy, it's a it's a comfy couch though, very comfy. Um, all right, how about going back to the '80s, Kingpin? Do you get anything from the '80s on your list? Oh, Mike,
3: you're you're, you're now you're hitting my wheelhouse, buddy. Okay, <laughs> now you're hitting hitting my sweet spot. Uh, Let's see, I'm, try- I'm, trying to, I'm trying to pick one here, Mike, that maybe like, that. well, they're probably all going to be on your list. I'm sure our lists are similar, but uh, I'll, I'll go this way. My favorite wrestler of all time is Hulk Hogan. Everybody knows that. We've discussed it at length. Um, Real American is an iconic uh, theme in, in wrestling history, but it's not my favorite Hulk Hogan theme of all time. What? Believe it or not. Oh my Unbelievable, God. right, Mike?
0: Unbelievable real you actually <laughs> did mention this uh a week ago on the podcast we did with the our vantage point guys
3: yeah so my, my favorite is the i guess it's the hulk hogan rock and wrestling theme but he did use it as entrance music uh for a bit and, and still to this day my favorite hulk hogan entrance theme of all time
0: and you uh make fun of them for piping and goldberg chants kingpin he has the <laughs> hulk chants right in his theme song
3: but that was part of the song, though. That wasn't, like... They weren't trying to, like, trick people into thinking that that was the actual crowd.
0: I don't know. I don't know, fan I don't know about no, I th-
3: that. I think, I think we do know.
0: Oh, okay, we do. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, when it comes to the 80s, I mean, I think Real American is, you know, head and shoulders above that theme, to be honest with you. But uh, I'll go in another direction when it comes to you guys from the 80s. How about... A song that fits a person perfectly, fits the wrestler to a T, and that is the honky-tonk man. He's cool. He's cocky. He's bad. Perfect. I know know every lyric. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, start it out.
3: I got long sideburns and my hair slicked back. Coming to your town. And my pink Cadillac, I'm just a honky tonk man. Thank you very much. I was waiting
0: for it. <laughs> and we, did, I think we talked about on the worst themes the WCW version of it. You're just a honky tonk man, man. You ain't gonna walk on me. Yeah, that right, terrible right
3: here, ripoff off version. Hockey Love from, uh, <laughs> I believe it was WrestleMania Six.
0: <laughs> I think so, yes. With the pink Cadillac and DDP driving. Um, yeah, the, the Honky talk Man, the original Honky talk Man, Cool. <laughs> I'm Cool, I'm Cocky, I'm Bad theme was just a, a perfect fit for Mr. Wayne Ferris. But um, Ooh, insider. Yeah, how you like that? Uh, <laughs> I think this one is eighty nine. Uh, maybe into the 90s, but how can you forget about
4: American Dream
0: Dusty Rhodes theme. Come on.
3: Come yeah, I on. agree. It's a good one, Mike. It's a good one. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's been one uh, you've talked about that hasn't been on my
0: list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's just a common man, King Penn. It's working hard with his hands.
3: Pizza Man. Pizza
0: Man, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the the Dusty Rhodes one is another one just a catchy little ditty there. Make sure you tap your toe. It's a toe tapper. The Dusty Rhodes I'll go, I'll, team.
3: I'll go a little off the grid, Mike, for my next one though. Alright. This is yeah, this is this is one uh, uh, when you add it in here, it, You probably the first time you've heard it in years. I always love the Beverly brothers. Theme music.
0: Whoa! Wow.
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what it is about it. I just always found it very, very catchy, very, uh, very fitting of their character as well. But I don't know. I've always, I've always really enjoyed that uh, that theme, and I always had hoped that WWE might revive it for an act that stuck around a little longer.
0: <laughs> as we listen to it right now, I, I, I do like it. I really don't remember what it was <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure I'll listen to it when I put this in there and it'll be fantastic
3: all uh, right Mike how about another one another another era uh, the tag team from this era okay that, I, that again another another off the beaten track one that I really enjoyed the Orient Express
0: what I that love racist, the Orient that racist that racist theme <laughs>
3: why is it racist
0: because yeah, it had like you know it sounded like you know you know that whole thing. I can't even say anything more, or or I'll I'll be, I'll be deemed a racist myself. But I don't know. <laughs> it just seemed very stereotypical to me. Well,
3: I mean, I think the WWE always does that with any any foreigners' music. Nakamura's is, has you know some similar sort of like theme to it. It's that's what they do.
0: That's what they do indeed. Um. Hmm. By they, uh, I mean WWE. Oh, oh, okay, Jesus. All right, yes. Um, All right, let's get into the Attitude Era, Kingpin. When it comes to Attitude Era themes, um, let me just hit you with one off the bat. Chris Jericho. He came in, um, I think it was 99, and he, uh, one of the big defections to WWF from WCW, and that theme, you know, when rock was in the ring and the lights were going, the lights went out, and came on, you know, the big explosion, and then the graphic came on the screen, said Jericho, everyone went crazy, break the walls down, it was, eight, uh, eight,
3: perfect. I heard mean, 18 years ago to today, Mike, today we're recording at
0: 8-9. Yes, I, and I, I did see that, Yeah, so I saw that, it kind of jogged my memory a little bit, not that it needed to be jogged, because it was one of the, uh, the most <laughs> iconic uh, scenes in the whole Monday Night Wars era. but uh, your,
3: uh, your sharpest attack is what you're saying.
0: As always. And <laughs> Jericho's theme, uh, just perfect. Perfect. Perfectly. And speaking of perfect, let's go back to the 80s for a second. How about Mr. Perfect's theme?
3: Another good one, Mike. Again, you're hitting my sweet spot, buddy. My, the golden era of wrestling for me.
0: But yeah, that one just... Uh, and it's—I mean—that's—I keep going back to it. But I mean, that's the best entrance themes are themes that just fit those guys perfectly. Fits their, cadence, you know, the the way they walk down to the ring. It just uh, all these songs. That's kind of what I keep going back to. They fit their per- personality. They fit their demeanor, uh, and you know, those are all the best ones. And Mister Perfect was a perfect one.
3: but but back (laughs) voice crack a little bit there (laughs) sure
0: sure and I I won't be fixing it in post either but uh, right, back to the Attitude Era Kingpin back to the Attitude Era what do you got from the Attitude Era the Monday Night Wars on your list
3: well I I guess it's not technically Attitude Era because it's from the other side of the coin but uh, the NWO theme awesome it was it was again another perfect uh, another just perfect choice um because they're I sleazy. It. I still love it. I still love the NWO theme.
0: It's perfect for them because they're sleazy and they probably uh, <laughs> were around a lot of uh, porn stars.
3: I guess. Yeah, that's the rumor, right? It came from a uh, pornographic uh, film.
0: I uh, mean, that's that. Just, I don't know if that was ever the rumor, but I know that you know just what it sounds like that uh, you know that generic, that whole thing, but. Yeah, the NWO theme was definitely pretty, pretty good. And with WCW, uh, there aren't a lot of <laughs> There's not icon- too many
3: on this list from WCW. No, there's
0: not a lot of iconic themes. They didn't really seem to put a lot of stock in entrances and entrance themes because if you notice, if you go back and watch stuff from WCW, the announcers are always talking over the music. They're always talking over the entrances. They're talking over the ring announcer. You never hear the ring announc clearly, the ring announcement. You never hear the music clearly because the announcers just blabbing over the whole thing. They don't. They paid no attention to, like the presentation of the entrance, like WWF did, and that was kind of to their detriment.
3: I'll give. I'll give you another. I'll stay with WCW here for a moment, Mike. And I'm gonna make Mike Mills very happy right now.
0: Oh, all right.
3: Yes. Again, a theme song that. Uh, perfectly captures kind of the the essence of of the man, uh, and I guess he is he is the man, the sixteen-time, world's heavyweight champion Rick Flair.
0: I think I say Goldberg, the man,
3: Goldberg. Wow. Come on.
0: All right. Get yeah, out the of Rick, Yeah, Rick Flair's <laughs> theme, the theme from uh, two thousand one, A Space Odyssey. that's yeah,
3: amazing. Matches, I think. Uh, the look, the walk, the the swagger, the, uh, I don't know, I think my kids must have a, uh, a word for it these days. I don't, I don't know what it is, but...
0: <laughs> tweet, tweet us, kids. <laughs> is anyone here under uh, 30 that's listening to this, let us know. <laughs> what are the kids talking about these days? Let us know.
3: But yeah, Rick Ric Flair's entrance theme just... Um, I mean, the moment you hear it, you know, you, you know.
0: You know, what do you think about the generic Ric Flair ripoff theme that WWF would use? When he first came over, they used that. And they also used it for Buddy Landell when he came to the WWF.
3: I I mean, I barely remember what the hell it was, to be honest with you. That's how forgettable... Uh, it was, I'd have to go back and listen to it. Are you going to put it in Mike?
0: Of course. You'll listen to it right now. (laughs) Listen to it right now. Oh, now I remember this piece of crap. Yeah, I see it. And one one more in WCW before we get back to the good stuff, which is, you know, the WWF, WWE themes. Um, And this one isn't really a WCW theme song per se. It was licensed to WCW for Hulk Hogan back another hulk hogan song on the list <laughs> voodoo child or voodoo child i think it might be with a with an e on the end instead of a d by Jimi hendrix which was his uh hulk hogan's solo nwo heel theme which was i mean that's that's a theme that he would strum the belt to like a guitar it was uh iconic for the uh, the immortal one hulk hogan
3: I can't imagine how much WCW probably paid for to license that theme.
0: Did they ever use that WWF when he came over?
3: I don't think so, no. They always just used the generic NWO music when he came back. Not generic NWO music, but just the standard NWO music.
0: Yeah. um, Hmm. All right. Anything else that's uh, sticking out on your list? I know there are thousands of them. Kingpin, anything sticking (laughs) out on your list before we get to our number ones?
3: Uh, I mean, real quick, and uh, I'll, I'll list them off quick. We don't have to go in. But right. Uh, three, right right off the bat here, Mike, I'll shoot them out of a cannon. Uh, Razor Ramon, give you a second to put it in. The Big Boss Man, wow. give you a second to put it in. Okay. <laughs> and The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. There he is, <laughs> my longtime close personal friend.
0: <laughs> yeah, you you spoke to him uh, at length as well.
3: I I got a lovely picture with him.
0: I did see that on uh, at Brian Malonis on Twitter. Yes.
3: No, I didn't post that on Twitter. That was on the uh, private Malonis page.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. maybe, you no, on, okay. maybe you should put it. Maybe you should put it at Brian Malonis on Twitter then.
3: Yeah, maybe I'll share. Maybe I'll share it there. First time, Mike and. In 15 years, nearly 16 years in professional wrestling, that I ever took a locker room photo with a with a star.
0: You fucking mock.
3: Hey, I don't care. It was Ted DiBiase, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me run off a couple. Of then I'll rattle off a few before we get to the number ones here. Um, current day, Brock Lesnar. As soon as you hear that first, uh, you know that first, whatever the hell that is, you know Brock's coming, and you know here comes the pain, as Taz used to say and that is just uh, perfect for Brock Lesnar um, how about CM Punk Cult of Which Personality one? Cult of Personality uh. that one just uh, I don't know it was excellent excellent for CM Punk and you know the house I picture back to you know the show they did in Chicago where he ended up winning the title in his supposed last match of the company Just, you know, when that music hits, just electric. And I remember when that music hit when they were back in Chicago after he left, and then Paul Heyman comes out. That was uh, (laughs) was a uh, memorable time as well. But the CM Punk music, Cult of Personality by uh, Living Color, uh, absolutely amazing. And all right, I'll say it. The Oddities, I'll say it again. I said it a couple weeks back when we talked about... (laughs) We talked about worst factions. Uh, the best worst faction, Kingpin, best Theme song. The Oddities. Not not <laughs> a, not number one on my list, mind you, but very close to the tippy top there.
3: Uh, I, I didn't realize you were such a juggalo, Mike. I was
0: just gonna say, I gotta get burned by Callow on the line. I I think I am a juggalo. I keep talking about ICP. I don't know what the hell's going on here. But uh you know. <laughs> I'm down with the clown. You know. I'm down with the clown. I certainly am. Apparently. Alright. I'll go first, Kingpin. My oh boy. number one entrance theme of all time. It uh, burst onto the scene during the Attitude Era. And I remember the first time I heard it um, recorded, I had it on a video game. And I held up my recorder to the TV to record the theme off of the video game to have it before it was ever released you know, on CD as they did back in the day.
4: Are you ready?
0: The original theme song to D Generation X. Wow. Break it down. A great theme song. My favorite entrance theme of all time. D Generation X, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, China, and then, of course, you know, there was a host of others that came along. But that theme song is just a perfect encapsulation of the attitude. Uh, of the Attitude Era, and of the attitude of those guys at that time, D-Generation X. That's my pick, number one. I'm,
3: that's shocking to me. I was not expecting that. Really? No, and I, and I actually I have two left that I have to mention then, because I have my number one, and there's one other that I thought you were going to go with, uh, that I think I think our podcast would be canceled, and nobody would ever listen again if we failed to mention uh one of these on on a favorite entrance music episode. And that's the demolition theme. Yes. Uh, that's the one I thought you were going with, so I was trying to be a good a good tag team partner here and not not steal your thunder, but, to be but honest, damn it thought, we gotta mention demolition. To be honest, here. I thought
0: you were going with it, so I I steered clear. It is on my list, of course. <laughs>
3: yeah. I got a different one, but uh I just I think we'd be Remiss if, if we didn't mention Demolition's theme. Uh, definitely in the top, you know, four or five entrance themes of all time. It's a shame that WWE has lost the rights to that song all yeah. these years later.
0: Really ridiculous. But agreed, yeah. agreed, Kingpin. All, all right, right, what so is your we'll number, go to my number one. one? Mike. Yes, favorite entrance music in wrestling of all time for Kingpin, Brian malones Lay it on me, brother.
3: This man is actually one of the greatest rivals of my favorite wrestler of all time Hulk Hogan, but he also happens to be one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Mike. The my my favorite professional wrestling entrance theme of all time, The Macho Man Randy Savage. There you have it, Mike.
0: The graduation song? Yes. That's your favorite entrance theme of all time, really?
3: Yes, I I love Randy Savage's entrance theme. I, again, you're talking about something that perfectly uh, encapsulates like the moment, the man, and uh, what they're trying to create. It, it, it enhances the moment, the way he came out, the, the the majestic capes that he had, Miss Elizabeth by his side.
0: Did you like the um, the rock and roll version that they did in WCW?
3: <laughs> no, it's garbage.
0: No? <laughs> <laughs> you're you throwing me for a loop with this one.
3: Really? Yeah. How did you not love this?
0: Because it's it's like a, I don't know, it's like common law lo- I forget what it's called, but it's like uh you know, music you can get anywhere. It's so? not an original theme it it just doesn't I don't know.
3: I'm I'm putting myself in the moments, my See my Mike, I'm like, you're so old, you're you're so removed from your childhood and and, and how things made you feel. Or or just uh Ryan, you know, living in the moment and, and thinking about whenever you heard Randy Savage's theme and he came out and how that made you feel.
0: Is this because you never graduated high school? Is this it's something like <laughs> deep in the recesses of your mind?
3: Oh boy. <laughs> All right. Hey, at, at, I, I, I think looking at your paycheck, it looks like uh, you never graduated high school.
0: That hits uh, <laughs> <laughs> right you're where taking it hurts.
3: If you shots at me, I'm going to take shots right back at you.
0: Right where it hurts, Cake And I'm starting over. I, I, new career. <laughs> <laughs> For Mike Crockett here, you're really I'm good gravy. All right, so Macha Man, your theme, mine DX. What's yours out there? Let us know at the WPAN on Twitter, Facebook.com slash the WPAN. I know we missed a ton, but what is your?
3: Is there any left? I don't
0: know. Uh, there, no, there are, I'm sure there are plenty more. Let us know on Twitter and everything like that, at the WPAN, your favorite entrance theme out there. How the hell can Brian Malonis, out of all the entrance themes in the world, all of the different songs that are out there, how can he pick... Randy Macho Man Savage's entrance theme, <laughs> the graduation song. That is his favorite entrance theme of all time. I mean, I understand in the context of Macho Man Randy Savage, yeah, it's a great theme, but we're talking just these songs themselves. How could he have, I mean, if you're talking about the whole entrance, yes, I can understand, but as an entrance theme, pomp and circumstance, I mean, it wouldn't be in my top 50. You know what I mean. Uh, that's the that's the brawler for you. Anyway, before we get to the worst entrance themes, let's talk about booking the territory with Mike Mills, Hard Buddy Harper, and Doc Turner. It is the unprofessional wrestling podcast, and they do two shows a week talking about Smokey Mountain wrestling and the old Jim Crockett promotion, the Saturday Night Six O Five Show. Sundays and Thursdays, check out Booking the Territory. Go to mikemills.podbean.com. It's the feed that'll get you all the episodes you want to listen to. They do great stuff over there, and uh, they keep it real classy on Booking the Territory. Our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast, is blowing up. These guys are doing great things. really happy for them. Little Joe Morata and Big Michael Quinn. We met them over at MSG WrestleMania weekend. Great guys. Amazing show. Check out ovppodcast.com for the ladies from Our Vantage Point. New season starting this week. I said last week that their new season was starting, but they did a special interview with Richard Land. He is at Masked Wrestlers on Twitter, a guy that just finds the most obscure Wrestling clips and puts them up on Twitter. It's a great follow. Follow at Masked Wrestlers. Actually, follow at OVP Podcast. They're putting up some great stuff on Twitter and it all comes back to the podcast. Our vintage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, OVPPodcast.com. Check that one out. And how about Greetings from Allentown? How about it? Greetings from Allentown with PW, Peter Winson. He takes one single episode of wrestling television and just throws it in a blender. And there's all sorts of things going on. He's talking about BU. He's talking about cats. He's talking about being out of work. He's... uh Doing all sorts of stuff. Greetings from Allentown on his own feed. Yeah, subscribe on his own feed. Greetings from Allentown. And finally, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with all the guys over there. Jason Stewart, Adam Salzer, Sal Troy, all the guys on the Rundown Wrestling Network. It is a network now. They have stuff going on basically every day. So check out rundownwrestling.com and enjoy. Let's go to our final segment, talking entrance themes. The worst entrance music. So, Brian, I want you to hit me up with the worst entrance music you could think of. Did you have a? Lo- you had a lot to pick from, I'm sure.
3: <laughs> yes. Well, you know, if the WWE got the got the bad rap for bad wrestling gimmicks in the early '90s, and I think WCW is the unquestioned king. Of bad wrestling music. Ah, oh, damn the 90s.
0: it! <laughs> this is gonna be my angle. Damn it!
3: <laughs> should have gone first. You should have gone first. You work yourself every single time you decide <laughs> not to. I mean, the let, let's talk about the WCW Slam Jam album, which is, I'm sure, is where you were probably going. <laughs> I
0: have, a, I have the uh, listing of every song on the Slam Jam Volume One album. <laughs>
3: So do I, right in front of me. Okay, <laughs> it's a, you know what? It's pretty unanimous in here. I mean, that's ex- immediately where both of our minds went because I think a lot of times with bad entrance music, it, you, you kind of think about bad wrestlers or maybe forgettable wrestling characters. But in this, the bad wrestling music was for people all up and down the card, most of the, most of these guys, main event level talent. I don't know, Mike. Do you want to? Do you want to throw in a couple samples here for the uh, for the folks? What it? What did? off this album? What to, for you, Mike? The most egregious song on this entire album.
0: Well, this isn't my pick, but one that I've talked to you about a number of times, Brian, is the Johnny B. Bad theme song. <laughs> <laughs> See the whole thing. If you remember back to Johnny B. Bad, of course, this is. Uh, he was Mark Miro. He went by his real name when he went to WWF eventually. But in WCW, he was Johnny B. Bad. He was the flamboyant character uh, with, you know, the feather boas, the hair all teased up. And he had a striking resemblance to a to a famous singer and piano man. But it was never said on the air. You just kind of looked and said, oh, that guy kind of looks like that guy. But it was never, it was hinted at, but never just said. Until the Johnny B. Bad theme song, which has the line, he's as pretty as a picture. <laughs> he looks just like Little Richard.
3: <laughs> I was hoping you were going to sing it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, probably the worst line ever in a song. Just blatantly, he looks just like Little Richard. <laughs> no hinting around it there. Yeah. Uh, that that I mean that that's stuck with me. I mean, when did this album come out? Ninety-two, I think, or something like that.
3: Uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, it looks like nineteen ninety-two, my friend.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's stuck with me. Some uh, what is it? Twenty-five years later. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Moses! Uh, you no, know, do you have another pick from this album?
3: Uh, I mean just to pick one is I mean for me the, the, aside all the lyrics of these things are just so freaking weird but some of the ones that just don't match the wrestlers like Cactus Jack the Mr. Bang Bang song just does not I mean typically wrestling music should kind of like um, paint this picture of like who you are and what your character is and like the Cactus Jack one is like almost I don't know its it just doesn't it doesn't fit him in any way, shape, or form. Um, though another one, though, that just doesn't doesn't fit at all is the Barry Wyndham theme. I remember we were watching some early '90s WWE, excuse me, WCW pay-per-views, uh, and um, I was blown away by the Barry Wyndham music because here he is, this uh, second-generation Southern cowboy wrestler, and he's coming out to like this very upbeat, like, I I, I don't know, it's almost like poppy, you know, like pop kind of song that just doesn't make uh, any sense. Honestly, listen to this podcast and then go to YouTube and search WCW Slam Jam and listen to the entire album because it is so... Awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're we're playing some of the songs in the background. You can't hear it, Brian, but the people at home can hear it. We're playing some (laughs) of these uh, gems in the background here. How about about Steinerized? (laughs) Which originally, for the longest time, I thought the song was Steiner Line, which is Rick Steiner's clothesline was called the Steiner Line. So I assumed the name of the song was Steiner Line. Steiner line, <laughs> but no, it's Steinerized, which was yes. a term never used anywhere uh, when it came to them in wrestling. But uh, apparently, this was it's coined. The
3: story of two brothers named Rick and Scott. I believe the next line is they don't use drugs.
0: Or uh, they, they definitely don't. <laughs> um. Well, <clears throat> I don't know. Well, all right, Brian, I'm going to challenge you we talked about a number of these songs in the Slam Jam album is there something you could think of on the WWF side for a bad entrance theme
3: i mean i think there's plenty i think there, i mean you got i mean some of the ones they did in the early 90s that that weren't even really like music like the bastion booger theme um, the, um, the the isaac yankum theme that was just a just a drill right right um Another one that comes to mind. Remember the Abe Knuckleball Schwartz theme that was like this, like downtrodden version of "Take Me Out to the Ball Game."
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: But for upper level talent, uh, I, I think the worst one. Do you remember the Undertaker's <laughs> like brief run uh, with like with the Dead Man Walking? Yes. Do you remember this theme? So bad, just terrible. Not,
0: not the. Um uh, what the hell is it, Limp biscuit 1?
3: No, no, no. They're like, you've done it now. <laughs> Gone and made a big mistake. That
0: one. <laughs> yeah, he, he had a, a Limp Biscuit 1. He had a, um, a Kid Rock 1, right? Yes. And uh, then the WWF produced version, which uh, I guess you're not too high on, Brian.
3: No, I, I am not. But we haven't even gotten to my, my all-time worst. Okay. All time worst theme music of, of all time.
0: All right. What is it?
3: Any guesses, Mike? What, what company do you think it's coming from?
0: <laughs> uh, I'm guessing it's coming from uh, South of the Mason Dixon.
3: <laughs> it sure is. And, and, and it's for a couple of fellas. Okay. Uh, a couple of in shape, young, good looking fellas who the WCW decided to put in a tag team. They were they were American Mike <laughs> they were male <laughs> so what better name than the American males maybe we can uh, maybe we can play a clip for the folks at home
0: take a listen.
3: You, Mike, you got the you got the hook. <laughs> it's got you hooked, huh?
0: Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> y- points for creativity.
3: <laughs> yes, the, well, the words are just you know. <laughs> I, I I I'll tell you what. Maybe, maybe I'm maybe I'm off base with calling it the the worst theme music of all time because I just said wrestling's theme music should set the tone and encapsulate everything you know that a wrestling character is, and I would say their theme music probably uh, you know encapsulates their. Uh, they run together as a tag team pretty well. What do you think?
0: <laughs> well, they got the clap.
3: <laughs> is, that, is that a double entendre, Mike?
0: Yeah, remember in ECW, uh, Scotty, or I think they called him Scott Anton, but uh, Scotty Riggs, They he did the same clap he did as the American Males, and they just called it the clap. <laughs> He's doing the clap. I don't remember that. But. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right, Brian, well... Um, I guess I'll give a WWF one and a WCW one. My WWF one was one that a lot of people at the time said was pretty terrible. I know our friend Warbeard Hansen would always sing it, but I'm not, I'm not sure if he sang it because he loved it or because he hated it. But it is the X Factor theme song <laughs> done by Uncle Cracker. <laughs> it, st- it starts out very melodic. You can probably hear it right now in the background. I got everything I ever wanted. i never get that back. Yeah, it's uh, it's different. It was a, it was an experiment, I guess, to try something a little different for a theme song, and I don't think it quite connected. Uh, X-Factor, of course, was X-Pac, along with Just Incredible and Albert, for some strange reason. They were kind of I I don't know how long they were around. A short-lived uh, trio in... Uh, WWF. I mean this song I guess didn't do many favors.
3: <laughs> but you ain't gotta look at me like that.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and my WCW one Brian and my number one. Okay, the era where Hulk Hogan went to WCW, when he first went to WCW, he brought a lot of his pals along with him. Uh, You know, you had your Kamala coming in there, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, all the old WWF guys came into WCW following Hulk Hogan's arrival. Uh, But one that uh, was synonymous with his theme song was the Honky Tonk Man. And they couldn't take that Honky Tonk Man song from WWF with them to WCW. That world-famous song where you get your long hair burns, got my hair slicked back, that famous theme song... Couldn't come to WCW with them, so they retooled it, slightly, and poorly. I believe it was a Jimmy Hart production, uh, no offense to, to the man, I've met him, and... Uh, I think
3: Jimmy Hart did a lot of WCW music.
0: Yes, and uh, you know Jimmy called me uh, Baby and Daddy, and he was a fine gentleman, but the WCW version of Honky Tonk Man's theme song, called Honky Tonk Baby, was uh, one that... Just, uh, it's everything WCW. It's just, yeah, just a poor ripoff of the WWF version of the song. And let's just play that puppy for you right here. Yeah, Brian. <laughs> you, so you hadn't heard that?
3: <laughs> no, I, I <laughs> was not familiar with that. I actually don't quite remember Honky Tonk Man in WCW. Um, wow. I mean, that's uh, how. How was there not a lawsuit over that? <laughs> Some of the words are the same. I pick a mean guitar. That's the exact line from Cool, Cocky, and Bad.
0: He's got a pink Cadillac. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's that's. <laughs>
3: Terrible stuff.
0: <laughs> That's my number one. Uh, and folks, we want to hear your picks for the worst entrance music. Tweet us at the WPAN or go to facebook.com slash the WPAN. What do you think is the worst theme song ever in professional wrestling? Let us know on Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else. I'm just a Honka Talk baby, and you ain't gonna walk on me. Ugh absolutely terrible hope you guys enjoyed our favorite and our worst entrance themes let us know what you guys think out there at the WPAN on Twitter make sure you follow us and uh, let us know what you think all right it's time for this week's promo about nothing but before we get into that Well, the kingpin is hitting the highways, byways, and airways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying his trade as a professional wrestler, and he's got dates, but I don't have them written down. The only one I know of that I want to make sure you guys know about is this coming Sunday, 01 USA Northeast in Gardner, Massachusetts. That is this Sunday, August 18th, and Brian Malonis will be there, teaming with his old nemesis, Chase Del Monte, against Coast to Coast, and that is a... a show being put on by our good friend, retrosexual Anthony Green, a guy who is blowing up lately. So be sure to support Anthony Green if you're out there in the Western Mass area. If you're not in the Western Mass, drive out there. It is a great drive. Gardner, Massachusetts, it's actually the town I saw my first independent wrestling show in. So make sure you head out there and enjoy the debut show for Zero One USA Northeast. Bushido Beginnings is the name of it. It's got Little Guido. It's got Simon Grimm, a.k.a. Simon Gotch, a bunch of other guys over there. Check out 01USA Northeast on Twitter and Facebook for ticket details. But be there this Sunday to support Brian Malonis to support Anthony Green for Bushido beginnings from 01USA Northeast. All right, it is time for this week's promo about nothing, a classic promo about nothing. And Brian Fury, permanent guest host of the wrestling podcast about nothing, is alongside Brian and myself for this very, very special promo promo about nothing time the year just 10 years ago 2008 we just talked about MMA uh it's a big part of bda and i am going to uh break tradition here and show you a promo from the world of mixed martial arts
4: <laughs> wait what
0: yes this was from the vengeance fighting championship which is not a very long uh, running promotion the vfc The VFC, and Jeff Munson is the gentleman's name who cuts a promo on his opponent, Mark Kerr, for this week's
4: promo. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on.
3: This guy's name is Mark Kerr?
0: Mark Kerr, yes. Okay.
4: I think these guys might have both went on to UFC. I know Jeff Munson did at least. or I think there was UFC before, and then this is
0: kind Ah, of the tail end. So let's check out Jeff Monson in this week's promo
4: about nothing. A couple of guys in the indies still just making a payday.
2: <laughs> Jeff Monson here. You like watching people get fucked for free? Watch me. <laughs> 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 just wait, Stop wait. it right there.
0: <laughs> Can we rewind that? <laughs> <laughs> let's take a little listen. Uh, maybe you didn't hear that right. Maybe you didn't hear that right. Let's let's take it a little listen, <laughs> Jeff Monson.
2: Jeff Munson here. You like watching people get fucked for free? No, we heard it right. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <Jeff>. <laughs> Where do you go from here? <laughs> Let's continue. Watch me fuck
2: up Mark Kerr for free on DonKingTV.com. Live Saturday, September 27th, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. DonKingTV.com. I'm going to fuck him up. I'm going to fuck him up. I'm going to put these hands right around his face and beat his ass. You watch this live for free. DonKingTV.com. Where do we where do
0: we watch that? <laughs> I think it's DonKingTV.com, Brian. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. You
4: know what's really amazing about that? If you're watching the video, there's like three different cuts in there. Yes. So that was, like, three different promos, like, edited <laughs> together to get... Yeah, them. there's no there's no doubt. It was yeah. like a Steve Blackman match. <laughs> 24 seconds of gold.
3: <laughs> Do I, like, watch people get fucked for free? As a matter of fact. Take yeah. those hands, stick them around his face. Around his face. And then kick
4: his ass. Yeah, let's...
3: Want to get these hands? Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> yeah, people... People get fucked for free. He was he was like ahead of the game here in two thousand eight. People were still paying for it back then, weren't they? In two thousand eight,
3: maybe you. Well, <laughs> you knew where to go, right? You were on lime
0: LimeWire. You were yeah. getting.
3: The, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you were smart, yeah, <laughs> getting all the good stuff. You were probably but... knowing your 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 nervous Nelly self. You were probably like nervous, like the cops were going to bust down your door when your pants are on your ankles. <laughs> <laughs>
4: So, i don't think what a great visual it is. <laughs> i don't really
0: think don king cared how the promo went as long as he said don king as many times as possible <laughs> he said and they said cut he said print it let's go well actually let's slice these three or four different promos together let's go so i think you guys realize why i went with this promo because it's pro wrestling style and uh it's good It has the Attitude Era flavor to it. It might be 2008, (laughs) but it is Attitude Era through and through. Come
3: on. Have you ever heard heard Todd Sinclair? Swearing in pro wrestling makes him sad. Really? Yes. It's a (laughs) catchphrase.
4: That's his catchphrase going (laughs) in his shirt? It's very unnecessary, but yeah. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <This promo laughs> just gonna watch bold. a chaotic wrestling promo these days uh,
0: <laughs> what? No,
4: very angry a couple of the promos leading up to cold <laughs> fury oh goodness gracious
0: <laughs> alright well uh, let me give you the postscript here Jeff Monson defeated Mark Kerr yes Mark Kerr <laughs> <laughs> by submission 317 of round one. Oh man so he... one
4: second earlier so well, the, you didn't gonna... lie <laughs> <laughs> you he fucked lie. him. <laughs> How much did that cost? <laughs>
0: what? It was free. Oh, it was free. <laughs> and, uh, you, did you notice the three seventeen he talked about? It was only, it's only one off. No, <laughs>
4: not bad, Brian Fury. I'm still S- just picturing Crockett with his pants around his ankles. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't want to picture that? that. <laughs> A little pecker in his hand. <laughs> oh, Come on now. <laughs> Big pecker. <laughs>
0: okay. Got a snort there. Second postscript, donkingtv.com no longer in service. Oh, Sh- Shocking. That's a shame. So you've heard this pro one nothing. thing. Yeah, go see the full picture. <laughs> Don,
3: Don King, one of the biggest dirtbags in
0: the history of Earth. Is he in jail? Where, where did <laughs> he it happen should to be him? if he's not i don't know i don't know what happened to him either <laughs> uh yeah go check out the video see the three cuts and see him talking about getting fucked for free or fucking someone free i should say check the video out in the description of this episode or at the thewpan.com that is thewpan.com one of my absolute favorite promo nothings ever so uh hope you guys enjoyed and we will be back together again Brian Malonis and myself next Monday for episode 173 of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Till then, for the brawler Brian Malonis, I'm Mike Crockett, big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing.